This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 125 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. Today, we have the next generation of talented tamers of wild horses. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my trusty producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Greetings, Debbie. How are you? Really good. It's run up to Christmas time. This is going to be out like just mid-December, I think, when we when we go ahead and launch this little puppy. Yes, it's going to be down. It's going to be down to the countdown. You'll have two more days to order anything online. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is true. And hopefully everybody by this time has already done all their amazing shopping for their horses and can actually focus on people. <laughs> You know how we do that, they've right? Already, they've already made plans for the excuses they're going to give to the rest of the family so that they can either spend more time at the barn or right. not show up at all and go riding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I have a few friends like that. Like, where'd she go? Oh, yeah. We yeah. know. We know. Yeah. It's just easier out there than it is in here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I, I like this time of year, though. It is really fun to be around horses this time of year. Right now, we're in the middle of putting on a... Um, clinic for kids. It's called Lead Up, and it's it's really cool. And a lot of these kids, you know, this time of the year can be kind of funky with families. And it's this is not an at-risk youth program. It's really more of a leadership program. But the kids that we um, have through the program are pretty disenfranchised as families go. So it's it's really great to see what the horses do, and it's oh, just really warms cool. your heart because that's yeah. gonna that's gonna pay it forward though because. Whenever you have family strife or um, family mm-hmm. loss or mm-hmm. something terrible that happens in your life, even if it's something that's ongoing that kind of culminates around the holidays, that has an effect on your holiday attitude for your whole life. So doing this near the holidays like this for these young people is going to have payoff later on because they're always going to have that motivating, positive memory from the holiday season that they can draw on. Yep. And the horses do it better than anything I can think of anyway. We've got, we're using a Peruvian Paso named Sancho, who just is, he he had an abusive background himself, um, a little harsh training problems, uh, tough tough to catch, and um, he wouldn't walk over water, just a lot of fears. No use for humans, that one, right? Really seen too much of them. Yeah. And the kids are, you know, he treats the whole day like a spa day now, you know, they brush him and we do join ups with him, and he just thinks that's the coolest thing. But the cool thing is he makes them work for it too. And I like him. (laughs) I like him for that. He doesn't give you a free join up. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is where they turn their shoulder and now I come in. No, no, no. You have to take a deep breath out, you know, make Mm -hmm. sure your eyes are averted. Fingers are closed. Everything's relaxed. And then Sancho will come trust you and blow on your neck. And it's really cool. So Uh, so today though, we have some fun stuff coming up. We, um, it's really a, a youth theme going on today, I think, because we've got a really young Mustang trainer that I want to introduce you to. It's like her first interview ever, and she's adorable. And then we have um, our advanced students that show up from all over the world to come. Uh, they pass their introductory 
course of horsemanship, and they um, have been invited to take the advanced course. And we talked to them when they were sort of halfway through it, just just about to wrap up. And I think what they have to say will warm your heart for the next generation and what we're doing to spread the concepts of nonviolent training out there in, in different parts of the world. Pretty cool. Well, let's get to it right after we hear from our friends at Omega Fields. Hi, Joe Camp here to share about Omega Fields. Omega Fields exists to help you keep your first promise to the horses you love, to care for them well. Nutrition is the foundation of a healthy life and supports all the activity that brings you and your horse so much joy. Omega-3s from flax are the cornerstone of that foundation. So, coupled with the finest ingredients and their proprietary pure glean flax stabilization process, they created Omega Horseshine, Omega Horseshine Complete, Omega Nibblers, Low Sugar and Starch, Omega Antioxidant, and Proventum Probiotic Soft Treats. Thousands of horses are experiencing a vibrant life with the help of Omega Fields products, including all of ours, a part of helping you keep your promise to your friends. Nutrition for a healthy life isn't just their slogan. It's their purpose. Well, our first guest is the advanced course students at the Monty Roberts International Learning Center. Two of the students are from the UK, one is from Hungary, and another one from Switzerland, and they've earned their way to the advanced course of horsemanship at the Monty Roberts International Learning Center. This course offers students the opportunity to extend their knowledge to training both unstarted horses and even untouched horses, which is fun, and that's the next step on the pathway towards becoming a certified instructor. So I was able to sit down with them recently and hear what uh, what brought them to Solvang, California. Well, I've got four eager eyes around me. We've got our advanced class going on. It's a three-week course, and I believe we're in our third week now here. Yeah. So we have some trained horse trainers here, nearly ready to start teaching people, which is actually the most important part that we learn here. We do work a lot with horses in the advanced course, but they're all really wanting to learn to teach people. So I'd like to start first with Freya. If you'll introduce yourself and say what country you're from, and then we'll pass it on to Matt. Yeah, my name is Freya McAleer, and I'm from England. Uh, my name is Matt Fierick, and I'm also from England. And we have Nick. Yes, I'm Nick Müller from, from Switzerland. Yeah, I'm Georgia Anna Maria from Hungary. Now, for English, that was Anna Maria. Yeah. Am I right? In Hungary, we use the names differently. So we use the. So it's. Say it slow for me. Okay. Anna Maria George in English, but George Anna Maria in my language. Okay, so we're going to stick to horses today, <laughs> rather than Hungarian. But, but yeah, it's a beautiful country for a horse um, culture, isn't it? It's very horse culture And we've had um, Kashai Lausch, or is it Lausch Kashai? Kashai Lausch. Kashai Lausch, here as a horseback archer before. Yes, I'm and horseback archer, too. You're I'm a horseback archer, too. Ah, see, I think everybody in Hungary is a horseback archer. No, we've had several students that have gone on to advance and even um, certified here from Hungary. We have five instructors in Hungary. No, it's very exciting what's coming out of Eastern Europe, too, and very excited. So I'd like everybody to kind of tell us a little bit about your story, how you got involved in horses, at what age, maybe, and um, what your plans are to stay 
with horses if they are and why you're taking this course. And let's start with that, and then we'll go a little bit about the class too. How's that? Freya? Okay, so um, I got into horses as uh, a kid, um, and I uh, learned riding when I was probably about six or seven and got my first pony when I was about 11 years old. Um, we couldn't afford much back then. So I was the kind of scruffy kid on the livery yard with the unruly scruffy pony that took me, charged me into everything and took me here, there and everywhere and all sorts of trouble. So he was the real reason that I got into initially the idea of, um, training, um, and, and sort of, um, overcoming problems, um, and improving my communication with my, my horse, my pony at the time. Um, I didn't come from a horsey family, so I learned a lot of things just as a kid on my own from my own body language and my own errors and accidents and things. Mm. Um, and then as I got older and my family got more into horses, uh, we got a few more horses and got into even more sort of issues and accidents and things <laughs> physically, mentally. Um, and actually they've taught all of us uh, a world of, of, of knowledge already. Um, and so from that, my future plans is uh, long, long term. I hope to open a, a sort of rehabilitation center because we've dealt with physical issues and mental, is mental issues and all sorts of problems that not a lot of people have the time and patience to address properly and correctly. Um, they're too quick to kind of blame the horse and such. So I'd like to be able to help the people to understand how to improve their relationship with their horses. Um, and Matt? Yes, so mine is a bit different. So I've only been working with horses. Well, the first time I touched a horse was about a year and a half ago. Wow. Uh, because I have a partner who is a really great horsewoman and I was stood in an arena with her helping her with a horse that was rearing in a storm and I realised I probably needed to learn something if I was going to back her up. Um, so I've had quite a cool year of jumping in and trying to sort of work with as many different horsemen as I can, from Pat Pirelli to Fred Pignon to Buck Brennerman. And uh, Monty, I saw a demonstration of his in the UK, and I was really interested in his philosophies and his work. And so, um, yeah, I saw that there was an advanced course, and I realized that in order to do the advanced course, I had to do the introductory course. So I did that and did that in the summer and came here and did my exams for that just before I started this advanced course. And now I'm in the third week of the advanced course. Who's your teacher? Uh, in the UK, it was Lara Gold. Yeah, and also Freya's teacher as well. Yeah. So um, I'm an actor and a director normally, and um, my training is in movement. So uh, what we're about to do, my partner and I, is set up a space that combines movement for people um, and horse development and look at how we can kind of facilitate a kind of relationship between the two basically from therapeutic work to help riding and yeah using horses to teach and um yeah it's a really exciting sort of space i think that's going to happen do you work with a particular breed necessarily or is this just sort of horses or horses um, no, well, my partner is an eventer, so she has quite a lot of warm bloods. Um, my, um, we have a few rescues as well. Um, and I have a Frisian. So I'm quite interested in liberty because I think it connects really nicely to the, uh, the idea of moving and uh, body language and working with the horses without any lines. So I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of ended up with a Frisian because they felt like fun sort of horses to play with. 
they've got a lot of energy sometimes, but it's really nice to, you know, to learn with him. Um, but no, no particular sort of breed. I think we'll end up with whoever needs us really. Over to Hungary, or sorry, Switzerland. We'll go with Nate. Yes, Switzerland. Yes, my start in the horse horse world was quite late. I was twenty five years, and uh, yes, it was my girlfriend. Uh, she has a stable in Ireland, and so yes, I got into this business, and uh, uh, I studied uh, information technology. And I was already searching for something else uh, because I don't want to sit the whole day in the office. Or if I do, I want to do something else in the evening, mm -hmm. something really different. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started to work with horses and I really loved. And uh, yeah, this took me till here. <laughs> and did you, did you say that you took your intro course with Hydrun? Yes. Yes. With so, Hydrun Weiss. With Hydrun Weiss, yeah. And when did you take your exam so that you knew you could be in an advanced course? Um, my exam was in April this year. Wow. So that means after they take their exams, they have to send in a bunch of video and you don't get accepted into the advanced course um, only until after you've passed your intro exams, but also when you've shown some proficiency by video and by um, more instruction if you need it. And that's pretty quick, all of you, really. That's Turnaround is pretty darn good. We're going to have a few instructors here pretty soon. But all right, for Anne-Marie. Okay. Hi. Uh, I met the horses when I met my husband because he's he is a horse archer from a long time ago. So I I usually, or I started with working with the horse around 19 or 18 years old. And there were a, there was a horse at, at that ranch, uh, and she was really spooky, and she was hard to catch. It it was impossible to catch her because she was so afraid. And uh, they tried to ride her, but she bucked off all all of her riders. So she is quite infamous in the country. I mean, in my area. Yeah. So I was the first who I um, was able to catch her and touch her and just she just wanted to be with me. So I I was just <laughs> blown away by her. So I I just get this horse. So they just gave me because I was the first who can handle her. Most of my horses is the same because they didn't catch and I I can catch and they just Okay, just go away, take it away. Mm -hmm. So my horses, most of them are rescue horses, we could say, and uh, they are a special breed. Uh, they are from Kazakhstan, Kazakh mm. Zabi. Uh, I don't know how they call it in English because it's it's not a normal breed uh, like Frisian. It's it's the horse who uh, lives in the minus forty and the plus forty survives around wolves and. It's a uh, uh, can be ridden by childrens and aunties as well because it's not they just eat them. So this is the selection of the horse. So they are really good workhorses. But if you uh, approaches them in a bad way, they react uh, kind of like mustangs. Mm -hmm. So they are really interesting horses. So we have a lot of horses in in this breed because most of uh, 
the horse riders in Hungary doesn't know how to approach them. So they usually just made bad things with them. Mm -hmm. And we have a riding school and hopefully we can expand more and we uh, teach his horseback archery. So mm. we do lots of things. <laughs> yeah. So horseback archery is not easy. Do you do the, uh, is there a technique that you use or does it have a name or anything? Or is it that you just aim and go? Uh, I'm just aim and go. We are not the class or the school at Kashai uh, Lajos. So we are just different style we are not so strict and ruly so we are just it's just a feel it's just a lifestyle and i usually ride on bareback so yeah. i i don't like so much the saddles <laughs> but it's okay yeah. so it's just just a lifestyle we just like to do this <laughs> mm -hmm. and is your school then will it be for people to learn more horse, horseback archery or is it more horseback about training archery. Yeah, horseback archery too, and uh, we teach children to ride and to how to communicate with the horse, how to be around the horse, not feed from the hand and whatsoever. And uh, I have I have some remedial horses at me. They just brought me, and I work with them. So I had an accident <laughs> in the in the beginning of the summer. So I worked with a white horse, actually, because it was a horse. It, it was never touched before, quite 11 years old, maybe. So he was castrated in November. Oh. Then I worked with him from March, I think, or from May. I, I don't know. And he was really nice, but I I didn't listen him enough because it was business and I I should do it. It's time, it's money, we should do it. And I, I, I just had to step back a little bit. So I just fell down and I <laughs> broke my arm. Oh, you fell? I, I fell, yeah. Mm -hmm. He bugged and I fell. Oh, you were on him, though? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was on. Well, <laughs> I think you're a brave girl to be on a basically proud cut. <laughs> Probably had a lot of testosterone still running in him, you yeah, think? Maybe, yeah, but he was really nice. Uh, yeah. And I did my intro exam, I think, last year. Last year in August. So Yeah, so uh, you were on a quick move. Yeah, who was no. your teacher? Kata Pataki. Kata Pataki. You know she's that, the best. Yeah, she's very good. And you know that she'll be helping. Uh, yeah, I know I'm going to go to. You are? Yeah. At the, at the horse yeah. festival. Yeah. Wonderful. So Monty's going to be in, actually, maybe by the time that this comes out, he yeah. will have done the big show in Budapest yeah. with Pignon and yeah. Lorenzo. And yeah. Yeah, very nice, very nice. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. <laughs> I wish I was there. You'll have to take a photo for me, but okay. would you? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, let's move on to your experience here at the advanced course because you're really in rare air here. I mean, not too many people get to the advanced course level, first of all, and to do that, you're you're probably you don't know really what's going to happen here either in these three weeks, right? Was it a surprise? And what were some of the some of the highlights and lowlights. Let's hear it all. Yeah, um, came came into it all a little bit sort of uh, blind, um, but it, it was quite exciting in that way. Um, just knew that we were going to be um, starting horses, um, potentially working with the completely untouched. So that's that's really all, all that I knew. Um, 
and yeah, it's uh, it's been a real experience. It's been really testing at times. It re- it's good for you in terms of it. It's it really teaches you patience and um, sensitivity and um, you know silly little things that we do with our like open opening your fingers and things when you don't realize it. Um, so yeah, really good spatial awareness and sort of self control and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, we've 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 been doing. Um, well, Mustangs and some two-year-old colts. We started some, uh, some, some big boys. Uh, one of them's, we think, just over 17 hands and he's just two years old. So he's been quite a challenge. Um, yeah. So a lot of excitement. Um, yeah. Very cool. And Matt? Yeah. I think that the, I mean, obviously a massive kind of part of this course is working with untouched horses with Mustangs and, and, the kind of level of kind of um, accuracy, I suppose, and sensitivity that they demand in your energy levels, in your movement, in the way in which you're kind of placing yourself in the space it's, is really something. So this morning we did uh, join up for the first time with um, with the four that we have. And, you know, it's for me, I've had quite a massive like learning curve. I'm sure that it's the same for everybody, but for me, you know, just doing a join up with a horse that's done it a hundred times is, you know, I don't think there is a horse that's done it a hundred times, but you know, like you, I still feel like I'm tripping over myself sometimes, but this morning, you know, I really sort of felt like, you know, I was having to really kind of be upping my game basically, which is really great. Um, and just to really kind of work with horses that haven't, I feel like a lot of the horses that you, it seems that most people in the industry encounter are horses that come with quite a lot of baggage already. Something's already happened to them. So um, to be able to work with horses as well that haven't necessarily got that and are quite fresh and you're really, really not able to blame it on anything else other than something you're doing in the space or whatever um, is really great. So, I mean, it's really teaching you that sort of adage of the horse is the mirror and, you know, everything they're reflecting is, you know, hyper sort of sensitive in this space, which is great, you know, but also as Freya says, you know, spent, you spend a lot of time kicking yourself because you've done something, the tiniest move and, you know, relaxed and you're just not relaxed enough. (laughs) Yeah. We're finding relaxing as English people is particularly difficult. We overthink (laughs) a lot, both of us. Yeah. And you can't overthink and you can't anticipate or presume or preempt anything. You've just got to be like you say in the moment. Um, actually a really good book for that is the power of now, which I don't know who that was written by, but that's really good and helped me with my horsemanship. It's written by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, there you go. Nick? Yeah, as my colleague said, uh, the work with uh, with the Mustangs makes it uh, very special and um, yeah, very interesting. But I think there are uh, uh, also other things uh, you can learn a lot from the instructor, uh, but also we can learn for, from each other because uh, although we learn all the same method, there are small little differences, there are tricks, uh, there are some things that you can learn from each other. And I think also all of our horses are good teachers, not just the Mustangs. And if you can read the horse, you can learn from every horse a lot of different things. Yeah, well said, well said. Horses are horses. That's one thing we're learning, right? But it doesn't matter if it's a Frisian or some fancy 
or a no-name Mustang from a hoarding situation, right, or something. So I'm really glad to hear that, too. I think that's really exciting. Oh, okay. So uh, basically I, I had an idea what's going to happen because my instructor told me, and I work with her a lot with quite young horses, so I had an idea. And, of course, I started horses at my own, so it wasn't a big surprise for me. It was the big thing to work with the Mustangs because it, it, it's really nice and it's really it's really good experience for me. I really like that. I enjoy the spend time with them. I more enjoy that than the starters. I mean, they're horses. I like all horses. Just I, I'm better with the sensitive and the problematic ones than the, oh, okay, just go and get and lead them. Okay, that's fine. But just when you just have to touch and comfort them, it's, it's much my era. Good. Good. That's good. We all wish we could say that but not all of us are are that sensitive to it some of it has to be a little more rote learned and mechanical but we hope we get to a point where we can she's just really use her she's got good energy yeah that's good i think there is some of that birthed in um but we hopefully can teach a lot of people to at least use some of these things in into muscle memory i think one of the things that's unusual is not only the mustangs here that we're able to work with which is pretty cool for the globe you know this is one of the few areas where you can really get untouched mustangs but also so many horses in domestic settings the world over are never really quite untouched because they start off as babies and we're already fooling with them in captivity yeah that's it so that's an unusual part of this course too i guess in um in wrapping, too, if you could think of one thing that you really want to remember from the course, a real strong takeaway, and there's probably so many between the, your instructors and your experiences and everything, but what do you think a few years from now you're going to think back on that was really something out of the advanced course for me? Um, don't take anything for granted mm-hmm. and... Um really be aware of all the, the safety issues um, because at home I get so complacent with my own um, and yeah you, like I said I, so I had an accident of one of mine and it, when I look back I think I should have maybe lunged her first checked and, and you know I think just safety is is paramount always make sure you're in the right spot that the horse doesn't have any pain issues all of that kind of thing yeah yeah um, I think to just leave all of everything that's happening outside of the round pen at the door. So, you know, arena, whatever, you listen to the horse, you know, and trust your instinct is my kind of definitely my journey over this sort of three weeks is really trying to feel that. So normally I think you know instinctively what the horse is saying, especially if you know them, right? So to kind of go with that and to listen as long as you're safe and... Well, for me, it's uh, similar to Matt. I think it's very uh, important that you listen to yourself, to your feelings, uh, and also to the horse. Uh, although you sometimes you are in in a hurry or you want to do things very quick and uh, you want to do this, although something is saying to you, no, don't do that. Be quiet and uh, take your time uh, because it's uh, for the safety. It's a very, uh, very important thing thing to uh, listen to, 
to your feelings and uh, I think if you hurry uh, you you don't get the result the results earlier then you are very quiet and very calm Isn't that funny? yeah I think uh, when dad first started touring back in the 80s I can remember this as far back as 80s uh, he would say often if you act like you have 15 minutes it'll probably take all day but if you act like you can take all day it's likely to take you 15 minutes and i think that's stuck with people he says a lot of quotes that you know people use but i think that one stuck with people almost more than anything else i think that was the first time people came to me and said oh yeah he's the one who said that so i think that's a really good point nick yeah i'm glad you took that away so after that, it's kind of hard to say anything new because yeah. they, they tell everything that's important. So, but what, what was important to you this this three weeks? <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, trust myself that I know what I do, and uh, I think I, I'm kind of right because Mia wasn't shouting at me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Probably it was a good thing. And I learned a few tricks, knots, whatever, so it's useful. But it was it was a good experience to to see, okay, I'm not that bad. So it, I'm, I'm doing home and it's working, but I was interested. It's working with the Mustangs, yeah, and it's working. So it, it was a great experience. So <laughs> horses are horses. Horses are horses, yeah. Very good. So do you all want to go on and get certified? I would love to. I have a three-year-old son at home, so I'm not sure I could do the three-month internship. However, we'll see. I'm very open-minded with all my horsemanship. Good. Good. We've worked things out before. Yeah, I'm kind of the same, but I mean, I have an actual career, so as in that I don't want to leave. Um, so right. it depends, basically. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to keep learning, so, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not super worried about, mm-hmm. you know. That counts too. Yeah. We, we look for students for life, yeah? Yes, uh, I will take step by step and see what's going on. Also, I have my own business uh, in the information technology, and so I have to take care about that and... Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, got to keep food in the horse's mouth, I know. Yeah, yeah I work as a lawyer in a court, so <laughs> I, I will see if I have holiday. I I'm, would be happy, I would be honored if they offer the internship. But uh, we have five instructors, mm. so it won't be a real job, I think. So it would just have my business, mm. which already exists with horses. So it would be nice to be an yeah. instructor. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to know that you, you're going to be students for life and that you'll keep the muscle memories going and learn things and bring innovations back to Monty, to dad. Um, he loves it when he can say, show me a better way and it'll be my way tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what you said about learning from each other is as critical as anything that you've said here today because we, we just assume we're going to learn from the horses. But we don't always assume that there's going to be that play of mind. And dad would say he's, he is a layering and layering and layering of not just learning from the horses, but also from learning from fellow good horsemen too. Um, and he tries it out on the horses and lets the horses prove it first. So anybody who wants to say, ah, that doesn't work hasn't asked the horses. So. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Horsemanship Radio. I hope we see you down the road and I get to see you over in your prospective countries and that um, you'll be back here sometime too. And maybe you'll actually see dad here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Hi, Carol Herter here, president of Cavallo, home of the world's most trusted and popular hoof boots. You know, one of the most interesting parts of what I do is the many horsey stories I get to hear. Most of them are really uplifting. Some are stories of challenges, and a few are downright sad. Recently, a wonderful woman took the time to approach us at a show to share a story about her horse who went down in quicksand. It started out as a really scary story. We were holding our breaths, waiting for the outcome, and it turned out wonderful. They winched the horse out relatively unscathed, albeit, you know, a little traumatized, and everyone standing around were super amazed that he still had his cavallo hoof boots on. Scary story with a good ending. Another testament to cavallo. If you don't have a pair for your horse, it's time. Cavallos are easy to put on, easy to take off when you want to take them off, and they stay on. They stay on in all terrain. Cavallo, the world's most trusted hoof boots. As founder of the United Mustangs of America, Monica O. Krauss does much more than transform horses. With 12-plus years of study and practice in the art of horsemanship, she's dedicated to sharing her wisdom and knowledge with her students. She's humbled by the power of the community, changing the world one Mustang at a time. Well, welcome, Monica Krause of the United Mustangs of America. I'm so happy to have you on our show for the first So happy. <laughs> yeah, you're happy to be here too. I, I bet yes, you are. Sir. You know, you've got a lot to tell us about horses, but also Mustangs. And one of the first things, I read an article first when I found your name, and then I stalked you on Facebook. Did you know that? No. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And I found out that you and I have a lot of loves in common. um, And it's these wild Mustangs that probably are the biggest thing. But I love your honesty and authenticity with things like one of the first things I read about you was that you were raised um, in the San Fernando Valley, more in um, mid-California, and then eventually moved to the Central Coast, closer to Solvang, where we are. And you had, what what, what kind of horse, were you a hunter-jumper before first? Yeah, I, I started out hunter-jumpers, um, and I had a big thoroughbred. He was about 16, too, so I was lucky to have him as my first horse. And uh, when I got him, I got my first blue ribbon with him. Um, so, yeah, he was a lot of fun. And we moved him up here to the Central Coast um, from the Ventura County area, actually. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, close. So, and that was Teddy. Did I read about Teddy? Yeah, his name was Teddy. And uh, mm-hmm. he was actually 11, or sorry, seven days younger than I was. And I, oh. um, I got him when we were both 11. <laughs> that is adorable. I I love that because I mean uh, I, I don't know if you hear this all the time, but I hear this all the time that if um, if you had your druthers, you'd come back as a horse owned by a twelve year old girl, <laughs> and so that's very close, you know, because that is the greatest companionship there can be. Here's here's what I read about you that I really loved that you realized being in a hunter jumper in a barn kind of family 
moving and taking care of your own horse at your own place made you realize that you didn't, you knew how to ride a horse and, and do everything involved in that, but you didn't actually know how to care for a horse. And I think that's a common issue that sometimes people don't even realize. Do you think so? Absolutely. Yep. That, well, that was my experience and that's what I want to change in the horse world. You know, that's why I want to teach horsemanship because it's not just about riding. It's about how to take care of the animal, how to work with the animal, how to work through problems with your animal. Um, and then of course, ride it. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that part, right? We all want to get yeah. a horse so we can ride. That's the romantical part. You have some beautiful photos too. I should lead people to your, your Facebook page too, of riding on the beach. Is that Montana del Oro? Uh, no, it's actually out here just uh, at the end of Grand and Grover Beach. Ah, um, Grover Beach. California. Yeah. yeah. So I'm lucky to have my my personal photographer. He's just um, a retired gentleman that just likes to hang out at the beach from, I think he visits from Fresno and he comes out a few times of the year and uh, he always lets me know he's in town. He says, well, I can take some pictures. Um, do you want to come down to the beach? So he just takes all these pictures and I'm just so lucky. He sends me all these pictures. <laughs> me writing it. Beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. You'll make, you know, half the nation jealous <laughs> that can't ride their horses on the beach because it's it's getting hard to find places where you can ride on the beach. So I'm seeing Mustangs on a beach, which is probably as romantical as it gets with, uh, with us born with the horse DNA. But I, one thing I wanted to get to early on in this conversation is your United Mustangs of America. How was that born and what's that from? What's it mean? Oh, well, I, it's just about what I've been saying. Like, I, I want to change the horse world. It's about horsemanship. And, um, you know, what better way to learn it than with Mustangs? Because when you go get a fresh Mustang from the BLM corrals, and you're going to go work with it to be your partner in your riding horse, you know, that horse wants nothing to do with you. When you first um, get that horse, you put him in the trailer, he flies into your trailer, you line it up to the corral, you open up the door, he flies out, and then he's circling around wanting to get away from you. So, um, you know, when you teach, when you work with a horse like that and you catch a horse like that and, uh, you know, start leading a horse like that, that's like the most rewarding feeling and most empowering because here's some horsemen and women that, you know, have horses that have been bred in captivity or, or domesticated already and you know they may not be able to catch the horse for that day and it's like well we work with wild horses there's no not catching your horse <laughs> we catch those <laughs> so um yeah mm -hmm. so it's basically a vision to you know have a, a education you know place to uh, teach horsemanship and we work with mustangs and the mustangs have their own story you know they need to get out of holding so and there's this gap between um you know, having this wild horse and a trained horse. So I'm teaching people how to do what I do, which, you know, I can tra train the horses. I can um, make them partners, but I want to teach other people to do that. I don't want to be the only special person that can do this. So, right. Yeah. Right. So that's actually then a training method or it's your training school, United Mustangs of America. Yeah. It's more for people, um, mm -hmm. you know, and we, rescue them one Mustang at a time at, at right now. Mm -hmm. It's just the size we're at. So uh, right now we have one Mustang that we're working with um, as a group of students <clears throat> and we're just uh, 
you know, learning the process yeah. of her being from wild to a riding horse. And mm-hmm. so whatever's going on with her, that's just what we're learning. So um, mm-hmm. especially I'd like a student to buy her. So <laughs> Yeah. Do you sell them eventually as a as a started horse? Yeah. I would like yeah. a student to come be part of our Mustang family and just keep doing the horsemanship lessons and work with the horse and then we can go pick up another one and start the process over. Mm-hmm. I love that you say about, because a lot of people don't understand that domesticated is way different than a wild horse um, or an untouched horse, another way to put it, because there's feral out there. But you said that you you train them to be wild to mild, but that a Mustang is never completely gentled. <laughs> yeah, I, I only work with Mustangs, so I forgot what it's like to work with domestic horses. <laughs> so I don't really know the difference. <laughs> but I, I guess That's awesome. That is, yeah, I guess they have a little um, wild aspect in the way, you know, they're not crazy. They just have what I call really high right. self-preservation. That's, you know? right. Um, That's right. Yeah, they're just worried about what's going to eat them more than most horses. That's right. Uh, uh, my father, Monty Roberts, um, who, you know, shares this podcast mic with me sometimes too, says that uh, what's the one thing that is never um, – overlooked and that's what a mustang sees <laughs> they miss nothing right pretty much yep <laughs> yeah so so uh now i want to get to i definitely wanted you to brag on yourself here a little bit that's always a hard part but i want to talk about this extreme mustang makeover that you won a buckle in as a, a rookie champion tell us about that experience uh that was 2015 uh that was the last year until recently actually um that they did extreme mustang makeover in california so i was lucky enough to do their um latest norco event yeah mm-hmm. and um we were all assigned uh mustang mares from the Ridgecrest holding facility that year so i got um a very beautiful but i i call her uh, we named her mustang sally and uh, when I saw her, I was just in love. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I got a, a beautiful Mustang, a, a bay mare from Fish Lake Valley. And that happens to be a nice herd management area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to work with her for those 100 days. And I've never really trained too many horses uh, besides my personal Mustang. So she's actually my second Mustang I've ever trained um, completely from wild to the hundred days where we take them into the show and do the, the final, the final round. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. anyway, I did the best out of my, my uh, newbie group, which was surprising and um, a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it paid off. It, it, did that sort of kick off your, your quest to help more people learn how to work with Mustangs or was that already part of it? Um, I might have went against the rules a little bit. I wanted the Mustang makeover horse because I knew she was going to go away. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I thought she was going to. So there was an audience to be built up at the end of the makeover to get her adopted, which I'm absolutely sure she would have been adopted. Um, but I wanted to use her for like my education program. So I wanted to have a horse that was destined to only be with us for a short time. Because I couldn't afford to have too many horses at that time. So I was like, well, mm-hmm. I'll get her for a short time. <laughs> Excuse me. And then she can go away to a new owner. So um, I actually had a lot of students help me with that horse. Not that they 
um, so much helped with the, her progress. It was just another way to be part of her training and see what that's like, see what, you know, training is like with a, a wild horse. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I had <laughs> actually the, a 12 and a half year old was her first two rides. Wow. 12 and a half. So, and she came from which, which pen did you say, which holding pens? Ridgecrest, California. That was Ridgecrest. We have some Mustangs from Ridgecrest too. So maybe explain to listeners who, it could be in Europe right now, explain to them why we have so many horses in the holding pens and how we can help. Well, that's all politics. (laughs) Well, stay, Um, stay out of that if you can, but just from the horsemanship side, yeah. Well, basically, I mean, the facts are um, BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, rounding up horses and they're putting them in holding uh, corrals we call them holding facilities that's what's happening we just they're they're doing this politics is the reason why um won't go into that but there's horses in holding so there's a lot of horses in holding Lots. and they don't really mm. have any place to go except for uh, being adopted by people the public so mm. um that's another reason we have the extreme Mustang makeovers is to get those horses into homes and the Mustang heritage foundation who puts on the extreme Mustang makeover, their answer to the problem is to um, find trainers and do this big marketing event, like the extreme Mustang makeover to show the trainability and versatility of these animals. Um, You know, they're trainable and to get them trained. So, you know, they got the hundred days to train them. They put up a big, uh, event where they're available for adoption at the end of the show, at the end of the competition. Yeah, so cool. And they get the horses adopted in homes. So that's that's their answer. Um, so where I differ with the United Mustangs is um, I'm the education. So I'm teaching uh, more people to be like the trainers. And for it not to be such a big gap that there's, you know, okay, there's a wild horse. Well, how do I get this wild horse to be my riding horse or my partner horse or whatever you want to do with the horse you know it's, it's not that it's, it's not that complicated <laughs> you know you can really ride the horse you really know horsemanship you know you really have self-mastery and then you can work with the animal it's just a matter of you being being able to um handle the horses i don't know if i went off on a tangent but <laughs> no that's good I, well i think it fits what another quote i read from you saying i don't want to be a trainer i'm a coach I coach others to understand the nature of the horse and develop trust and build a partnership. To me, that's, you know, I mean, we have good trainers out there, few and far between, but there are good trainers. But how much um, can we do with so many in the holding pens if we just, um, you know, rely on a handful of trainers? And so to me, your job is more important, coaching people to recognize the value in what great teachers these horses are. Um, it, you know, a bigger picture goal is to, um, to, to recognize that there's so much available to us in horse flesh. There are so many horses out there and they teach us. I mean, Europe would be so jealous of your job. Did you know that? Because they don't have, you know, they don't really have wild horses anymore. They don't get to see pure, what we call the language equus. Mm -hmm. And so you get to experience that every day and you're sharing it with other people and you're, you're, you know, you're translating it for the horses in a lot of ways. um, From what I can tell. Yeah. Just, just to talk about uh, Europeans, I'll uh, be down at the beach 
um, actually more of Bay Rock. I was down there one day <clears throat> and I'm just going there with my students and uh, we pull out the Mustangs and I said, yeah, let's ride. It's a bareback riding day. So we actually just tie up the rope on the rope halter and just ride the horse down there on the beach with the rope halter. And these are the Mustangs with, you know, maybe a couple of years training um, <laughs> or handling. And they think they're just like in awe. Their 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 mouths are wide open. They're taking pictures. They said, "In Europe, this is not. We do not do this. <laughs> this is impossible. It's, it's possible. possible. We do it here." That's right. No, it's and, and you know, and I think if they knew the value, if if more of it, so you got to keep putting them up on your Facebook page, <laughs> because if if they recognize that we we have such a treasure here in them, I think now one thing that drives me crazy is when they spend all that money to take them back over to Europe. But I think they could learn so much over here. Leave the the poor Mustangs alone over here, but come and, and gentle them and learn from them. And then don't you think their skills would even improve when they go back and work with really domesticated horses over there? Yeah, I like that question. Um, working with the wild horse, you really get to see who the horse really is. Because um, with the domesticated horse, he loses some of his I don't, I don't know what to call it, like self-preservation or just yeah. um, complete hoarseness. <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but mm-hmm. just working mm-hmm. with, with the, the wild horse, you really see how much that horse tolerates. And and that's the word I like to put with the horses. You know, yeah, well, we can ride him, but he's really tolerating it. Yes, we can go pet him, but he's really tolerating it. Yes, we can go catch him, but he's really tolerating a lot of things. And yeah, eventually he'll come over and scratch his head and eat cookies and he likes it, but... <laughs> You know, right. they, they really tolerate a lot and it's nice to see how what the who the horse really is and he's a, a prey animal and we're predators and it's um kind of eye-opening to see you know just interact with the animals in that way and really take a look at ourselves and that's why i say horsemanship is not about the horse at all it's really about self-mastery we have to take a good look at ourselves and our cause and effect with the animal Mm-hmm. You said too, it, the relationship between horse and yourself is not a dictatorship; it's a conversation. I love that. Yeah, there there are servant, but not our slave. Also, servant and not your slave. That's right. Yeah, because when you're riding the horse, you know it's all about getting out of their way and allowing for um, that impulsion and that motion to happen. Because when you start trying to control it and you know, whip and spur and kick and go, they tend to be very resistant. Um, but if you just kind of create energy, allow it to flow and let it go forward, you, you, then you're just in that, what we call the equidance. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Equidance. It is. It's it, advance and retreat. Some people have called it over the years, but I love that you're using great language like that. I mean, gentling the horse is as opposed to breaking um, and that you use the word respect pretty liberally. And, you know, with wild horses, you learn you have to have respect, but not everybody understands that. And I think, I think I'm hearing in you, in a young person, um, if you, if I may, that we're, you're changing really the, the trajectory of horsemanship and uh, not just one horse at a time, but one or a few people at a time. And I love that yeah. about you, Monica. I would love to have you visit us in Solvang sometime and come see our IFA Gentling facility too, where we put our Mustangs through and um, we use them in the advanced courses. Would you like to come visit sometime? I'd love to have you. 
Sure, sounds fun. I like yeah. To- okay, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think you, you'd you love meeting. We have a lot of Europeans through, <laughs> and you will impress them. And I, I think you'd have fun. It's a lot of, um, you know, like-mindedness that we have and that you'll find in the students too. So I'd love to love share a little bit of that with you because I think you're you're going places and doing big things. And I appreciate you. Monty Roberts is proud to partner with the Right Horse Initiative, which seeks to help horses in transition by massively increasing horse adoption in the United States. The Right Horse understands that most horses will have multiple owners during their lifetime. Often, these horses find themselves in transition due to no fault of their own and can move into a second or third career with the right adopter. Adoption can be a great option when you're looking for a new horse. To help you find your perfect right horse, the Right Horse Initiative developed an innovative new website for adoptable horses called My Right Horse. On MyRightHorse.org, you can search hundreds of available horses by breed, discipline, age, and location. It's simple, user-friendly, and of course, mobile-friendly too. With a wide range of adoptable horses from all over the country, MyRightHorse.org can help you find the horse of your dreams. Visit MyRightHorse.org to find your next horse through adoption. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than mine. The magic in the language of Dear Monty, my horse refuses to accept a turnout rug. I've been kicked several times and my hands have been burned because the horse bolts away from me as I attempt to put the rug over his body. He has pulled back and broken the tie several times. Please help me. Monty's answer. This problem exists worldwide. I am sure that many horse owners endure the behavior you have outlined without seeking assistance. I am pleased that you have reached out to help solve your horse's problem as it may well help many others. Obviously, I myself have experienced spooky behavior from horses as I have attempted to put the first rug on them. I well remember an act whom I bought in Kentucky and transported to California. I recall the moment when I tried to rug him up for the first time after his arrival at Flag is Up Farms. He was in his loose box when he exploded at the sight of the rug coming over him. I genuinely thought I was going to be killed. Before I go into the body of this answer, I feel I should be clear that I recommend one never place the rug on a horse for the first time when he is tied up. It is also true that one should never tie up a horse for rugging if there's any anticipation of trouble at all. If one discovers a fear of the rug, then there should be no attempt to rug up until there is certainty that all fear is alleviated. It is my recommendation that you carry out all of the procedures that I recommend for the spooky horse. This will include join-up, training to the dually halter, plastic bags on a stick, and even a large tarpaulin. Once you are proficient in applying my concepts regarding a spooky horse, then I advise you to repeat these processes until it is possible to cover the horse in a plastic tarpaulin without evoking spooky behavior. During my demonstrations, I often find it possible to reach a point where I can cover the horse with the tarpaulin about 10 feet, approximately 3 meters square. I can normally lead the horse around, allowing the tarpaulin to move about without great consternation on the part of the horse. 
It is not necessary for this to be accomplished in less than half an hour, but I suggest that anyone reasonably familiar with the process of handling horses can get it done in two or three half-hour sessions. Many times when I suggest this to inquiring owners, they return to say it didn't work for them. With further discussion, I come to find out that the methods that they used bore very little resemblance to the ones that I suggested. I can only be responsible for the methods that work for me, and they are certainly available, but they must be learned thoroughly and applied diligently. The dually halter should be used to educate the horse to cooperate with the halter rather than resist it. This process is fully demonstrated on the DVD that accompanies the dually halter. With regard to the use of the plastic bags, they should be presented to the horse in such a fashion that he learns to relax, which causes them to go away. This should be repeated until several plastic shopping bags fixed to the end of a bamboo cane can be rapidly moved towards the horse, stroking his body and legs, and even up between the hind legs. When the subject horse will allow the plastic bags to fly all about him and touch him all over his entire anatomy, then one is ready to move on to the plastic tarpaulin. It can be rubbed over the horse at first and then even spread out on the ground to walk over. The dually halter will greatly assist with cooperation during this process. At that point, one can begin to place the tarpaulin over the horse, first rolled up to reduce the stimulus, and eventually wide open and tossed over the horse, the same as one would do with a rug. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it too on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider, it doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forum. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, February 15 to 17. We're having on President's Day Monday, we're having an equine facility management clinic, EFM, through CHA. And then February 20 through 24, Monty pops over to Norway, where he's part of the Norwegian Horse Festival. And then March 9 through 17, he'll be at Equitana in Essen, Germany, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, horse trade fair show everything in the world. And then April 29 through 30, just two days, the movement is again. It's our second annual at Flag is Up Farms back in Solvang, California. He's weaving his way around the globe. And if you did not commit all of that to memory, I know I didn't, you can call the folks at Flag is Up Farm. They're very nice and they're very helpful. Uh, you can just call them at 805-688-6288, or you can be really modern and cool and go to the website, montyroberts.com. Lots of great information there, and the phone number's there, too, so you can be old school and modern and cool by going to the <laughs> website and looking up the phone number. <laughs> and for details about today's show, go to horsemanshipradio.com, where you'll find links, photos, and more information about today's guests. We love your feedback. It helps us make the show better. Follow Monty on Facebook. Just type in Monty Roberts and then go and like and follow the one with the little blue circle check mark. That's the official Monty Roberts page. And we'd love to hear from you on that Facebook page. And if you're one of those people who likes to live your life 150 characters at a time, you can follow Monty Roberts on Twitter. His handle is, get this, Monty underscore Roberts. How clever <laughs> is that? I know. It took a while to think that up. Oh, my gosh. It's so smart. And get the app. Don't miss any shows. You can get the Horse Radio Network app from for your iPhone or your Android, and that will give you the ability to download the shows you want, 
for example, Horsemanship Radio. Or you can hit the All button and download all of the shows from the Horse Radio Network. And there's a heap of them. That's true. There's a ton of them. And now I'm up to speed a little bit on IG. You know what that is? What's IG? Oh, IG is Instagram. Come on. Oh, Come see, on. Be I'm current. So, I'm so <laughs> has been. So has I mean, been. You know what? IG was probably so last year. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> showing off. I don't know. I love Instagram, though, because it's just, you know, pretty pictures and just very little bit of information and lots of hashtagging and it's really fun. So we do have a presence on Instagram as well. And also there's a little store we have for Horsemanship Radio on Amazon now. So if you put in Horsemanship Radio, uh, you will find a few t-shirts and some pop sockets and some fun things the on Amazon. Are really cute. Some swag. Yeah, I know we have funny ones and logo ones and all that, but show your stuff and show your your caring for horses out there and and get your swag on. Yeah. And many thanks to our sponsors. Got to thank them. It wouldn't be possible without them. We've got Omega Fields. We've got Cavallo Horse and Rider. We've got Monty Roberts University. And loving having the PSAs this year in 2018 for the Right Horse Initiative. And their new website, it's like Tinder for Horses, it's myrighthorse.org. <gasps> they need to have a t-shirt that has something that references the whole swipe right thing. Swipe left. So yeah. Yeah. My right <laughs> horse, swipe left, you know. <laughs> yeah, my right horse swipe left. <laughs> that's funny. I don't. I, I've never been on Tinder, so I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Which one's uh, I don't rejected? Know. And which I've one? never been oh, on good. it either. Good answer. <laughs> Our husbands would be so proud. Okay, and so be sure to visit all the other great shows too on the Horse Radio Network. We laugh just as much on the other ones too at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours. 